This is a podcast from the South China Morning Post. If you know Cantonese, then you can tell we are ordering dim sum from Maxim City Hall on Hong Kong Island. Here you go. The pork buns are coming. The barbecue pork buns are coming. Oh, thank you. I can see you all coming. It's one of the biggest dim sum places in the city. I reckon you could probably fit maybe 500, 800 800 people in here. So it's huge. It's pretty posh looking too. It's got lots of chandeliers, some faux marble pillars, and really nice chairs we're sitting on. It's like ultimate Chinese extravagance. It's shiny, (laughs) blingy. You're looking over Victoria Harbour. So it is an extravagant experience, but it's not always like that with dim sum. No, no. Hong Kong is well known for its Cantonese food and has a wide range of dim sum offerings. From century-old tea houses where you have to fight for your food and grab from the trolley before anyone else does. Yeah, the chaos is, is, I think it makes it more fun. To Michelin-starred restaurants serving gourmet dim sum using expensive ingredients. So uh, these are the wild mushroom dumpling with black truffle. Please enjoy. With Benice and I based in Hong Kong, we felt it was only right to give you the ultimate guide to dim sum. What does it take to become a dim sum chef? A year and a half to master hagao shrimp dumplings. Yes. Wow. And you just eat them in one bite. Yeah, one bite. <laughs> Are there more female chefs going into the culinary art form? Are you proud of that? That's yeah. you for that? Of course. And why is dim sum served in trolleys? There's lots of ladies pushing trolleys, containing all the delicious goodies inside, and that's what I'm here for. <laughs> that's weird. What we're, we're, we're here oh, yeah, sorry, for. sorry, I forgot you were here to eat too. <laughs> so join us on this journey of dim sum. I'm Alkira Reinfrank. And I'm Bernice Chan. This is Eat Drink Asia, where in each episode, we deep dive into Asian foods that have gone global. Stay with us. We've got more food coming. What is the food? So some of you may already be dim sum pros, but others might need a little bit of help. Ooh, what's this one? Squid. Deep fried squid. In that case, here's your quick dim sum 101. The first order of business is ordering your favourite kind of tea. Jasmine, poor, teak guan yin or silver needle. After all, it helps you digest your food and catch up with family and friends. In Cantonese, dim sum also means yum cha, which literally means, let's go drink tea. People push trolleys around and bring dim sum, or small dishes like tapas to you. It depends on the restaurant, but in general, there's hagao, steamed shrimp dumplings, siu mai, steamed pork dumplings, and cha siu bao, steamed barbecue pork dumplings. And if you're more adventurous, there's braised so chicken feet. did you eat chicken feet when you were a kid? No. <laughs> no! I'm not that traditional. Different dim sum dishes belong to different categories, including small, siu dim, medium, zhong dim, large, dai dim, and special, duck dim. The server will put a stamp on your running tab, so you can, my dan, pay the check, according to that. But to dig deeper into the tradition of dim sum, we went to talk to a dim sum chef with decades of experience under his belt. Hello, 
Chef Ringo Wong is the dim sum sous chef at Cuisine Cuisine. One of the city's best Cantonese restaurants serving top quality food crafted by master chefs. Oh. Chef Wong was introduced to dim sum by his dad, who also happens to be a dim sum chef. Oh, I remember when I was six to seven years old, my dad would take me to Yum Cha, and uh, usually he would take me to the dim sum place he worked at, and I got to meet the chefs in the kitchen. There, little Ringo Wong was amazed by how skillfully the chefs were making dumpling wrappers. They pressed the dough with the left hand and rolled it with a rolling pin with the right hand, and, and there was a wrapper. Every piece was as if it was cut by a compass, and I thought it's like magic. Chef Wong is one of the last generations to learn how to make dim sum through an apprenticeship. And just like a French kitchen, a traditional dim sum kitchen has a clear hierarchy and is run like a well-oiled machine. And Chef Wang, of course, had to start from the bottom. So I was doing very basic things in the beginning, like putting dumplings in a steamer and putting marinated chicken feet and pork ribs on the plates. Wang would try his best to finish all his work as soon as possible. So I could sneak into the board station and practice making ha gao or cha siu bao. But because he just started, his fingers weren't very dexterous, so his dumplings didn't look so good. They either exploded or collapsed. My chef would throw them into the trash bin or tell me to eat them myself. Hang on. But why is dim sum so small and delicate? Okay, that leads to how it started. Let's set this up. In the early 1920s, tea houses were especially popular in places like piers and food markets, where there are a lot of workers flowing in and out. These tea houses served tea along with a small portion of dumplings that were easy for workers to eat on the go. It was very affordable, only leung lei, meaning 0.2 of a cent, for a cup of tea and two dim sum dishes at that time. So they were also called the leung lei house. Once upon a time, servers in a tea house would hold a big tray filled with a dim sum walking around the room while shouting out the options. Then the trolley was developed to carry more dim sum, and some even had a gas heater underneath to keep the dim sum warm. It's not just practical, the trolleys also make it theatrical. The thing I really like about dim sum is that when the trolleys come around, the lady kind of like quickly opens the steamer so you get a quick glimpse of what's inside. Especially in Hong Kong, if you if you can't speak Cantonese, you're, you're, you're literally just trying to get a glimpse so you can quickly point to what you want and you might not know what you're ordering. And that's, it's kind of, not, it's not a game, but it's, it's, it adds to the theatre of eating dim sum. There are still trolleys, but nowadays you can also order dim sum on a paper menu, and the kitchen will make fresh dim sum for you. But let's be real, that's no fun though. All right, let's take a break with this dim sum wrap. Yeah. When this song's about dim sum. I really want some. Can you give me dim sum? I really want some. Can you give me dim sum? I really want some. Can you give me dim sum? Yeah, I got it all, baby. Come and get some. It'll make you go. 
go boom 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 it'll make you go boom 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 it'll make you go boom 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 come on now english can you teach me about dim sum okay but afterwards we gotta get some yum chai tea you gotta sip some help you digest and it'll also make you live long who's not in love with these little ass dishes and it can get cheap if everyone chips in pork shrimp duck a little bit of chicken and now i gotta fix it for this chinese tradition from guangdong to hong kong down to la new york to seattle we just love it in the states steam fried and they even make them bake yeah lady with the car go and put it on my plate hey soy sauce hot sauce get the vinegar out but watch out don't splatter all over your blouse and you ain't gotta wait till sunday afternoon to get some authentic cantonese food yeah i really want some can you give me dim sum after saying goodbye to chef wong who's a master of the traditional art of dim sum We went to visit a restaurant whose new age, playful dim sum is a huge hit on social media. All right, Piggy, you are cute, but it's time to rip you apart and find out what's inside. Chefs at Hong Kong restaurant Yum Cha are famous for making dim sum in the shape of cute animals, emojis, fruit, you name it. Durian mochi. Durian mochi. In the shape of a Chinese peach. One of their best sellers is a super cute yellow custard bun with white eyes, and you actually poke your chopstick into the bun to create its mouth, allowing for the custard oh. to flow. Well, I think this is the best thing I've eaten. Today. Winston Yip is the executive chef at Yamcha, and he got his inspiration from working at Hong Kong Disneyland. My first job after graduation was making dim sum at a Chinese restaurant in Disneyland. This is Winston. I made a lot of cartoon dim sum in Disneyland, but my personal favorite is Chip and Dale. Because they're cute and they're always together, so I always like making them. Because his cute dim sum were only available at one specific restaurant in Disneyland, Winston decided he wanted to bring them to a bigger audience, but he had his worries about being too creative. So when I first started, I was really worried. You can be very creative about dim sum's presentation, but when it comes to the filling inside, it's hard for people to accept if you're too creative. So I struck a balance between a very creative presentation, but inside, the feeling tastes very traditional. Because my goal is not only get young people to eat at my restaurant, but also their parents. Oh, excellent. Have you made these characters just for social media? Instagram, Yes, they are basically <laughs> done for social media because so many people are taking pictures of their food and they're going to be putting it on Instagram. You've actually tried your hand at making dim sum. Yes. How did it go? <laughs> I have to say I have a new appreciation for dim sum. And a lot of people really don't know what goes into making dim sum every day, every morning. What did you make? Hi, I'm Bernice Chan with the South China Morning Post. And we're here at Choi Hang Village in Lee Theatre in Plaza Bay. 
and he's going to teach me how to make hagao. And I did not put in 13 folds in the hagao, which is supposed to be standard. So we asked Winston how long it took for him to make the perfect hagao or shrimp dumpling. So when he first learned how to make hagao, it was he had to learn how to just make the wrapper. Just the, so not even the filling. Yeah, not even the, the filling. So he had to get the wrapper down, oh, wow. and then the filling, mm-hmm. and just just the filling, mm-hmm. and then it was actually learning how to fold it. So and to, so the, the wrapper has to be very thin, you know, to be able to make all those folds. Mm-hmm. And so it took him like a year and a half to be able to do that. And he's doing this on his off hours, like not when he's working. So an hour and a half to master... A year and a half. Oh, sorry, a year and a half to master... Hagao. Hagao shrimp dumplings. Yes. Wow. And you just eat them in one bite. Yeah, one bite. (laughs) They taste great. That's amazing. So after learning how extremely difficult it is to become a dim sum chef, naturally we asked ourselves a worrisome question. Are there enough young people learning to make dim sum? We went to meet Chef Lao Chao Guan, who's been making and teaching dim sum at the Vocational Training Council in Hong Kong for more than 40 years. Uh, are more or less students going into dim sum, uh, into a career in dim sum? Yeah, so he's seeing more of his graduates going into dim sum. Don't worry, you still have, you can still eat dim sum. (laughs) How come they want to do that? Is there a a more, so more young people are doing it? Why is that? It's such a hard it's actually easier to be a dim sum chef nowadays. Restaurants in my time were huge and you needed lots of dim sum chefs to feed the customers. There were at least 20 to 30 chefs just to make dim sum, whereas now restaurants are much smaller and only need four to five dim sum chefs. So it's not as laborious. These days, female chefs in Western kitchens are not uncommon. Yet dim sum kitchens remain a male-dominated field. But that hasn't stopped young women from going into this culinary art form. I'm Victoria Yao. Victoria is a dim sum chef at Shang Palace in the Kowloon Shangri-La Hotel. I'm okay with working in a male-dominated field because there are more male students in my class in the culinary school, and I'm quite used to it. Last year, Victoria joined a group of five female chefs to take part in a cooking competition in Shanghai. And despite their lack of experience, they managed to win four gold medals, which was totally unexpected. Because each participating group was extremely experienced, and we were just a bunch of girls who just started our career. I was in charge of the dessert. I prepared a sweet potato pudding, like a lava cake in the shape of a vase. My team is the only all-female team. Are you proud of that? Yeah, of course. 
女性嘅手指係比男性。I always think that women pay more attention to details, and our fingers are more slender than men's. So that's our advantage when making delicate dim sum. But gender does not determine the quality in the kitchen. Men and women can be equally creative. So I am very supportive of having more female chefs in the kitchen. When we asked all of our guests the most important thing to be a dim sum chef. They all said, "Interest." Cooking is part of my interest, so I can tolerate it. I can tolerate the extreme working environment. For example, it's hot and it is quite narrow for people to pass through. But I think it's okay because, and we love it. We love cooking, and that's why we can just overcome all the difficulties. Yeah. 佢同埋咧要不停咁樣食台啦、形態啦、火鑿做咯。So most important thing is that they have to have the interest in doing it, and then they constantly think of new ideas. 我諗即係 ，as long as you are determined to practice hard， 點都會成功。You would definitely succeed. That was really like I have I haven't had dim sum in a while, and that just like ticked all the boxes. It's not just I guess in the West you sit down to a meal, you order off a menu, it comes, you eat, you leave. But this is this is about family. This is about being together, about almost hustling for your food, <laughs> seeing what's coming by, and I don't know everything about it. It's very there's something comforting about dim sum, and I, I don't think it matters if you've grown up with it or not. This it's it's a different way of eating. So now that we've talked to all these people, all these dim sum chefs, do you have a new appreciation for dim sum? Definitely. I already loved dim sum before this episode. Don't get me wrong, but the amount of time and effort that goes into making just a simple dumpling, so like hargao, the shrimp dumpling, a year and a half to perfect it—that's insane. I eat it in like two seconds flat. That's right. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Did you learn anything? Well, I'm really pleased to hear that there are many more female chefs who are interested in joining Dim Sum and and you know talking to Victoria. She even wants to open up her own restaurant with her fellow cohorts who are also female chefs, which I thought was pretty cool. Would you ever become a Dim Sum chef? I think I'm past my prime. Next time, we'll be heading to Thailand to look at the history of pad Thai and how it was actually invented by the government. Almost like a national strategy to say this is Thai versus Chinese, because at that time in the 40s there was a real push against communism, and Chinese was marked as a communist country. There was a real sort of Anti-Chinese movement, and they used the noodle dish to say, "Yes, but this is our noodle dish, not a Chinese noodle dish." This episode was produced by Yang Yang at the South China Morning Post. Music by Fung Bros. And we'd like to thank Chef Ringo Wong, Winsome Yip, Chef Lau, and the students at the Chinese Culinary Institute. And Victoria Yao. Until next time, happy eating.